Howdy-do, I'm James Baquet, also known as the Temple Guy. When is a temple not a temple? When it's an office building in the parking lot of a hotel. You'll see what I mean when we visit the Yuanming Lecture Hall in this episode of... Temple Tales. From lovely Longhua Temple, I took a bus back to People's Square, and then a train along Shanghai Metro Line 2 passed my stop, where my hotel was located, to Jiangsu Road Station, just a 15-minute walk from my last destination for the day, the Yuanming Jiangtang, or Complete Understanding Lecture Hall. About that name... Yuan is typically circle and related words, circular, round, spherical, etc. It can also indicate the fullness of the moon or Chinese currency's shape. In the English sense of rounding out, it can mean to make consistent and whole. That's the sense we'll choose here. Ming, which was also the name of a dynasty, can mean bright or clear, but often also means to understand, among many other things. So in the context of a center for studying Buddhism, let's say it means to round out the understanding. A Chinese website glosses it understanding in ten directions, a distinction without a difference, methinks. But we'll stick with the Chinese word yuanming, which, as usual, is more succinct. I had seen a number of temples in Hong Kong, and one in Shenzhen, that were nothing more or less than apartment flats that had been filled with statues on draped tables. No soaring ceilings or mammoth figures, no tree-strewn courtyards or ponds or springs, nothing but repurposed living space. And you know what? They worked. Imagine a location with the kitchen and restroom already completed, and enough space for the modest numbers that would be attracted to such an unspectacular facility. The next step up, then, would be a place like Yuan Ming Lecture Hall. Founded in 1934 by Master Yuan Ying, Former abbot of Ningbo's Tiantong Temple, see episode 082, where we encountered the Master's Burial Pagoda, it was meant to be a center for the advanced study of Buddhism for monks in the region. It continues this mission. In 2000, it initiated cooperative effort with Longhua Temple, see episode 090, to launch the Hualin Buddhist College on the site. Today, the property embraces one office cum entry hall in a three-story building on the corner of Yan'an West Road and Zhenning Road, a two-story building standing street-side, the purpose of which I was unable to determine, but which could be the classroom, and a five-story office building adjacent to the one on the corner. A small courtyard opens up between the three buildings. Behind and surrounding the whole thing is the whimsically named Rendezvous Mary Hotel Shanghai. As the sign says, only one Shanghai in the world, only one Rendezvous Mary Hotel in Shanghai. So, apartment, office, ballroom, or shipping container, a temple is just a place with some statues or other images and dharma activities, whether ritual or study. Okay, fair enough. But how, you may ask, did such a nondescript place make it onto the list of 142 key temples in the Han area of China? Did I mention that Master Yuan Ying was also co-founder and first president of the China Buddhist Association? Not to say that its inclusion on the list was politically motivated or anything. It was very late in the day when I arrived at the temple, so late, in fact, that it was closed. To my delight, however, there was a Dharma activity, think worship service, going on, and the crowd of devotees happily let me in. The temple has quite a lively Dharma activity schedule. Aside from the usual first and fifteenth day ceremonies, that is, on the new moon and full moon, there's also a special celebration on the twelfth lunar day to commemorate Master Yen Ing's birth, 
But in fact, the ceremony I joined was on none of those days. Rather, it was by coincidence the eve of the seventh day of the seventh month, a very popular festival in Chinese, Japanese, Korean, and Vietnamese culture, parallel to our Valentine's Day, called Chi Shi, Seven Eve Festival, or Double Seventh. It celebrates the annual meeting of the ill-fated lovers, the cowherd and the weaver girl, a story dating back to the Han Dynasty. Briefly told, the weaver girl, Zhe Nyu, the star Vega, and the cowherd, Niu Lang, the star Altair, were banished to opposite sides of the Silver River, the Milky Way, because their love was forbidden. She was actually a princess, so it was a class thing. Once a year on this day, a flock of magpies forms a bridge to reunite them for one night. Because of their true identities, it's also called the Star Festival. In any case, the number of people at the temple attested to the continuing popularity of this ancient story. They were incredibly friendly, offering me chanting books, which I couldn't read, asking where I was from in English, and generally making me feel at home. Although the buildings were mostly closed and the statues weren't much, the people made the visit time well spent. Leela and I went back a few years later at Western New Year's of 2012, and I was able to see inside the corner building which was closed on my first visit. I never did see inside the second building or upstairs in any of the buildings. A shame that, as we shall see. Let's pretend that we're walking in the front door on the corner and not entering by the side gate as I did on both of my visits. Just inside the door is a statue of Mila Fo, with Wei Tuo behind him. See episode 003. Basically, just a room with bookshelves and whatnot, it substitutes for the Heavenly King's Hall in other temples. Moving through, we pass a set of statues of the Three Sages of the West and turn right into a courtyard. On our left, the five-story office building is attached to the building we were just in. On our right is a two-story detached building. The elevated portion of Yen'an West Road can be seen beyond it. The Rendezvous Mary Hotel Shanghai we mentioned earlier is behind the building on the left. The five-story building has a small niche containing a statue of Guanin, Avalokiteshvara, with attendants. Most of the ground floor is occupied by the main hall, a low-ceilinged room with a Jade Buddha statue. Sadly, I've never managed to get off the ground at this place. The upstairs contains dormitories, the dining hall, and so on, but also some statuary halls I've heard, one dedicated to Master Yuan Ning and another containing a 500 Arhats mountain with moving figures. Intriguing. There's also said to be a sutra library upstairs, Natch. The walk from Yuan Ming Lecture Hall to Jing'an Temple Station near my hotel was about the same distance as the walk back to Jiangsu Road Station, so I strolled toward my hotel for dinner and a look at Jing'an Temple's gates before turning in for the night. And that is indeed that. Until next time, may you and your loved ones and all sentient beings be well and happy. Adios, amigos. Hey, why don't you check out the newsletter, which serves as the show notes for this episode, number 092, at templetales.substack.com. It has pictures and links, and at that address you'll also find the archive with all of the newsletters. I think you'll be glad you did. In the next episode, we'll visit Kyoto's ethereally beautiful Kamidaigo-ji, just a 10-mile hike over the mountain from last week's Mimuroto-ji, though, of course, that's not how I got there. <laughs>